Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Matthew's Gospel, the 10th chapter, verses 1 through 8. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. He called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or into any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out the demons. Freely you have received, freely you shall give. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty Lord, as we gather this morning for worship, let our hearts be tuned to your words. Let them be tuned in such a way, O Lord, that we would hear them so clearly upon our souls that we would be transformed. And that as we go about our day today and our week ahead, that we would be not just hearers of your word, but more and most importantly, doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. I like multipliers. You know, those things, those processes, those persons, those objects that amplify and multiply things. Like for example, in electrical engineering, a multiplier is a device that increases by repetition the intensity of an electric current. Or in economics, a multiplier is that return deriving from an expenditure in which the return is greater than the expenditure itself. We know in mathematics that a multiplier is that number by which another number is multiplied, increasing its value. And in leadership, A multiplier is one who uses their intelligence to amplify the smarts and the capabilities of the team around them. And so this week, as I have read the newspaper and watched TV and read my Bible and spoken with some of you on the phone, as I've worked alongside our staff, as I've spent time in the Zoom machine with clergy colleagues around the city and around the annual conference, I've come up with one irrefutable fact, that what the world needs now more than ever are multipliers. 
And that's right, what we need now more than ever in our world are multipliers. We think back to our text today where we find ourselves sort of in the history of Jesus' ministry. He has called his 12 disciples and he's begun his ministry in earnest. You remember when he reached out to them, he said, come and follow me. And what he got was he got a band of people with diverse skills, various backgrounds, a willingness to follow, a zest for adventure, a trust in God. And so they roamed the countryside with Jesus, listening to him teach, watching him heal the sick, care for the downtrodden. And so as Jesus healed the sick of every disease, as he cast out demons, as he taught humbly in the synagogue, he began to tell the world that the kingdom of heaven was near and was very close. But as he continued his ministry, as word of what he was doing spread, the crowds upon crowds gathered around him. The people hungered and thirsted for righteousness. They cried out for him, kneeling, needing healing of mind, body, and spirit. The people needed the good shepherd. But as we pick up the text today, as Jesus looked out over the crowds, knowing that he was that shepherd and knowing that there was so much work to be done in the vineyard, he knew that the Lord needed, that God required those to assist the shepherd those to work in the fields because the harvest was great. Jesus needed multipliers to build the kingdom of heaven. And the 12 were just that. The 12 disciples, they were the multipliers. He sent them out into the world with the authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to go to the lost sheep and tell them that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And so over the last month, actually the last two months, I've been thinking about the anxiety, the fear, the caution, the concern related to the COVID-19 pandemic, the suffering that is caused in our economic, emotional, and physical health, the impact that it has had upon our faith and our relationships and our mental well-being. Over the last two weeks, as we followed the unrest and the protest in our country over the death of George Floyd, it has begun to reignite and reemerge and to raise to a high level of awareness the conversation that needs to happen over racial injustice, inequality, and inequity. It is as if the whole world is crying out, Oh Lord, how long must we suffer from this disease? How long must we suffer? We hunger and thirst for righteousness. And it's in these moments of thought over the last two months and over the last two weeks that what I realize is that we need healing of mind, body, and soul of a great illness. One that prevents us from living fully into the kingdom of God as God intended, where love of God and love of neighbor is not our second nature, but is our only nature. Where we wake up each and every day, and that's all we do is love God and love our neighbor with all of our hearts and all of our being. And so it's in these moments 
that I begin to realize that God is calling us like the 12 to be multipliers to a world that so desperately needs that healing, that message of God's love and grace. That we're being called by God to come and to follow him, to grow in our own discipleship and to go forth and to serve all of the world. It's not a statement, but it's a mandate. It is a mission from God to us, his children. When Jesus called the first disciples, he was walking along Lakeshore and he said, come and follow me, and they left their nets. Left their old lives behind them. My friends, we too have been called. We too, like them, we are an eclectic collection of people. A motley crew, a royal priesthood of 21st century disciples with diverse skills, various backgrounds, a willingness to follow, a heart for adventure, and an abiding trust in God. We are just like the 12. We are no special, no worse off, no better off. We are just the people that God needs to transform the world around us. And when we answered that call, we stood in front of the church and we gave our baptismal vows and we said what it was that we believed. And it speaks volumes about who we are. Do you remember them? There were four of them. First, we asked we ask ourselves, did we renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of the world, and repent of our sin. And we say we did. And then we ask, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? And we said we do. Do we confess Jesus Christ as our Savior, put our whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as Lord in union with the church that Christ is open to people of all ages, nations, and races. And we said, I do. And then, do you, according to the grace given to you, will you remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? And we said, I will. And you see, when we said that, when we did those things, we stood up and Jesus said, follow me. And we said, here I am, Lord. There's no doubt about it. Our vows of discipleship say that we are called to be the multipliers in God's kingdom this day. That we are called to go forth and to serve the Lord with the depth of our hearts. That's our calling. But it is not enough to just follow. We also must grow in our own faith. We must deepen it and strengthen it. And I think about Jesus' ministry as he was teaching. Oftentimes the children were pushed to the sides of the crowd, pushed back because this was adult business. And Jesus always said, let the children come to me. And in one of his lessons, he put a child up on his knee and he said, you know, You must have faith like a child 
to inherit the kingdom of heaven. See, part of our calling as disciples is not only to follow, but it's to grow in our faith. And oftentimes, we as adults, we try to make it more complicated than it necessarily needs to be. We think about our discipleship, and we want to try to come up with massive programs and doctoral theses and tomes of doctrine and theology that use big words. But yet, when we think about what Jesus taught, it was a simple faith of a child. It reminds me of a conversation I had with one of our own last fall. She was walking through her neighborhood with her three-year-old grandson. There was turmoil in the world. And he said, Grammy, why can't the world just understand that there's no being mean here? Three years old. He gets it. No being mean here. What if that was a sign that we put on the sidewalk in front of our house, in front of the church, around our community, no being mean here? Or what if we took one of Jesus' teachings when, the, when the, the Pharisees tried to trap him, they said, what is the greatest commandment? And he rolled it right back on him. He says, what does the scriptures tell you? And they said, love your God with all your heart and all your might and love your neighbor as yourselves. I mean, so simple, right? I mean, do we really need large books about doctrine and theology when we've got those two pieces of Scripture? Because everything flows out from it, doesn't it? What if we took those words and we wrote them on our mirror and we wrote them on our hearts? And this week, before we spoke, before we acted, we asked ourselves, is what I'm about to say or what I'm about it to do, is it loving God with all my heart? Is it loving my neighbor as myself? See, if we write these on our hearts, if we have the faith like a child and we just work on growing in the depth of understanding that and the depth of living that, everything else fades away. Our children can teach us something. No being mean here. Sharing is caring. Love one another. See, as we grow in these, we multiply the fruits of the kingdom. We multiply the return of God's gifts to us. So as I think about that, that we come and we follow and we declare our discipleship, we grow in it, what do we do with it? I can remember as a kid, I always loved heavy construction machinery, dump trucks, backhoes, trackhoes, even bulldozers. There was just something really cool about them. Maybe they were big and they were massive and they were loud and they pushed things around. And at the end of the day, you could see what you had done. You could see progress if you were up on one of those. Just last week, I was driving by one of those heavy equipment sales places where they had a, where a Caterpillar D9 bulldozer was out in front. I mean, it was right off the manufacturing line. It was shiny and new. It was big. It was beautiful. Not a speck of grease, nothing on it, no rust. It was yellow just like it's supposed to be, and it was absolutely useless. I mean, a bulldozer's not to sit there and look pretty on the showroom floor. 
Not to look there on the sidewalk beside the building where they sell them. A bulldozer is supposed to be in action. It's supposed to push dirt and debris aside. It's supposed to clear a path so that something new and wonderful may be built. It's supposed to level the ground for a foundation upon which the world of civil engineering can be built. You see, it's when it's used like that, when it's used for its purpose, it becomes scratched and dinged, grimy with oil and hydraulic fluid, scratch, uh, scratched up paint, it sees hard days, but it's beautiful because it's getting things done. It's making a difference on the job site, not just looking pretty on the lot. My friends, our calling as disciples is just like that. See, when we hear Christ to come follow us and we grow, we are useless if we don't put it in action. If we don't take our discipleship out into the world and to put it into play, to push aside the dirt and the debris and the things that hold life back, to cast out the illnesses of the world. Our discipleship is useless if we don't push away the debris and build a foundation upon which the kingdom of heaven can grow. But it's when we do that, when we put our discipleship in action, we see the true beauty of the kingdom. Yes, every once in a while there are bumps and bruises and scars from being a disciple active in the world. But when we do that by putting our blood, sweat, and tears into play into God's world, for the sake of the kingdom, we see the difference that we make in the lives of our brothers and sisters around us. And then it's at that moment that we begin to realize that we are living as multipliers, not just called as multipliers, not just growing as multipliers, but living and being the multipliers that the world needs so desperately now. because that's what we're called to do, is to go out into the world just like the 12, to provide healing of mind, body, and soul, to cast out the ills in society around us. We are called to multiply the current of God's Holy Spirit until it's electric for all the world to see, hear, and feel. We're called to provide a return of God's love greater than what we put into it because God will multiply it if we pour our blood, sweat, and tears into the world. And we amplify the gifts, the gifts of God has given to us. We amplify them in trends and change the world so radically that it's a different place. See, we are called to be the church, to be the church active, to be disciples and followers, to come and to go out in the world as God's agents. We are called to grow in loving God and loving our neighbor. And we are called to serve without reservation. Because my friends, we are the multipliers that God has called for this time and this place. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock 
or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.